this whole podcast is in the context of next Saturday, the 22nd, is our Equip the Saints. Uh, can you talk for just a second? And, like, I'm thinking about the people that might listen to this podcast, people that go to our church. Maybe they attend regularly. Communicate your heart a little bit about why it's important that the Bible talks, uh, I believe from Ephesians, right, about uh, the, the role of the church is to equip the saints for the, the work of the gospel, right? Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that and to kind of tell, like, what the heart is behind these events and this, you know, what's going to go on next Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you had mentioned Ephesians. It's Ephesians 4, uh, 12. Um, I was close. Oh, yeah, you said Ephesians. You're, you're in the right <laughs> book. Uh, I, I know because I have, uh, I have Google right in front of me. I didn't have that oh, right on the top of my head. But edit that part out so I sound really, really okay. smart. I will. <laughs> um, and he said um, in 11 and 12, it says, and he, gave, uh, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for uh, the work of ministry, for building up the body, uh, until we all attain the unity of flesh uh, and knowledge of the Son of God, to mature, to manhood, to measure in the stature and fullness of Christ. So, yeah, the, the, the equip the saints thing um, is, in general, is just so that we can begin to um, get into uh, specifics and, and, and equip uh, our congregation for being completely gospel-centered. So, we, um, like on Sunday mornings, all of our messages, all of our, uh, when we go through books of the Bible, the gospel is always central. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, for these equipped the saints things, we want to get down into, um, you're talking about like the daily, like date, like on the ground yeah, level, yeah. like daily living, like how yeah. it actually yeah, looks yeah. to so, live out your faith basically. Right. Yeah. So for, for the equipped saints, we want to get down to, uh, living the gospel out in every context of your life so that, hmm. um, so that we're not one way on Sunday. Um, and then another way, um, on Tuesday, you know, we want to be living consistently gospel saturated lives. And so equip the saints, we want to teach our people to be completely fluent in the gospel. And so not just, um, to have this, um, the same grade, we talk about it, it's in the Bible, but then teach people how to live their lives according to the gospel. You talked about the idea that we're trying to make our people have this gospel fluency so that we can easily talk about what the gospel is. We can be clear about what it is, what it is not. Do you think that that's something that we at times can struggle with as a church? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And if you look at the the church at large, um, if you look at the church at large in America, a lot of it is is focused on what can God do for us, and we have a distorted view of what the gospel is. And um, I know that, like, in my church background, um, people would um, live one way on Sunday and be a different person throughout the week. And so as far as being gospel fluent, for, for instance, Christ reigns so supreme in our life that he dictates that our relationship with Christ d- thus dictates how we live our lives. Um, so if we, if we look over at um, Luke 14, uh, mm-hmm. starting in verse 26, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
And whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my own disciple. Um, so I think that we as Christians, we don't, um, that the church has been filled with just trying to get people, come to church, come to church, come to church, come to church. Um, and so that we can build an organization, we can encourage you and, um, and the gospel has been more so about God blessing us. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. so as as far as a gospel fluency, we want to teach people, just like we do on Sunday mornings, we want to teach how um, Jesus is shining through all of the texts of Scripture, but it's not pointing us to, uh, it's not God condescending himself for our glory. It was God's plan of redemption for his glory. Um, mm-hmm. Like that uh, great Christian maxim that says, um, the chief end of man is to um, enjoy God and glorify him forever. And so the gospel is not about us getting a get out of hell for free card. The gospel is about literally the God of the universe. Um, the God of the universe, after he gifted to us the very image of God. So not only did he give us life, but he gifted us the image of himself. And now we are image bearers. And then in the garden, we defiled that image, and we continue to defile that image every day. And so God would have justly been good to um, punish each and every one of us, you, me, everybody, in hell for all of eternity. But instead, God humbled himself, became nothing. He became sin and so that we can become his righteousness. And, and so he didn't do that because he needed that. He did that because out of just an overflow of love for us, nothing that we mm-hmm. did, nothing that we earned. And so the gospel is much, much more than just <clears throat> meeting on Sunday and giving to the church so that we can live happy, um, easy lives. The gospel is the God of the universe coming down and rescuing his bride and now the bride in response and overwhelmed with gratitude want to glorify their creator and everything yeah. like that verse where Jesus said, you've got to hate everything to be my disciple. So um, it's about casting everything aside and living our lives for one end. That is mm-hmm. Christ. You know, that is the one thing that should identify us. We shouldn't be identified as good husbands. We shouldn't be identified as great engineers. We shouldn't be identified as entrepreneurs. We should be identified as followers of Christ. And as followers of Christ, that then dictates how we husband, dictates how we father, dictates how we run our businesses. So we should have one single identity, and that is the identity that we are in Christ. And so gospel fluency, meaning being being so fluent in the gospel, being so fluent in what Christ has done for us, that it then overflows into every avenue of your life, and it consumes you so that you are not identified by anything else other than a follower of Christ that loves this family well, a follower of Christ that works to the glory of God. Because once you are gospel fluent, once you are saturated in the gospel, everything you do is for the Lord's glory. Right. And I think 
So, like, you talked about having a proper response from a proper understanding of the gospel. And when we talk about evangelism, essentially, that's what's happening. Like, you're, when you tell someone about what God has done in your life and what Christ did on the cross for them, you can only do that out of a response of love for God. Where does evangelism ultimately come from? What drives that in a person? Jesus told us, you know, um, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples. So, one, he's commanded us to go um, and to reach the nations with this good news. But ultimately, that's driven by a, um, a, a faith that we have in Christ, the fact that he has saved us and the fact that we are secure in him. That's what drives us out of a gratitude and a joy and overwhelming love of the Lord is what fuels evangelism. So I would say that um, being lost in the glory of the Lord is what fuels evangelism. There, there's an old quote that um, would always be thrown around growing up uh, that, always, that, that went like this. You've become so heavenly-minded that you're of no earthly good. I think that if you apply that to a, a TBN-type lifestyle, then maybe you can make a point out of that. But we can become so earthly-minded, you know, if you flip that uh, in reverse, we can become so earthly-minded that we're of no heavenly good. So gospel fluency and, um, and evangelism needs to be driven by an overwhelming love for the Creator so that everything that we do is for the glory of God. Just like it tells us, whether you eat or drink, I do everything to the glory of God. And so that's got to be what drives us as a people, that we're not worrying about um, um, growing our own kingdoms, that we're not worried about uh, being successful at our businesses. We're worried about one single thing, and that's the glory of God. So I would say being lost in the glory of God is what drives evangelism. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. Um, so the reason that it's kind of cool that you're kind of leading are you teaching a few of the sessions? Is that what's happening? You and Matt are tag teaming the sessions? Yeah. Okay, cool. And and the reason I think that is cool is because you guys have such different backgrounds. Like, you have a different church background than he does. He has a lot of international background. You, you One of the things that intrigues me about your background is you have a lot of interactions with Mormons. And session uh-huh. four... Session four is titled, The Gospel's Response to Mormonism. Tell yeah. me a little bit about why we are addressing kind of that specific issue. Tell me a little bit about kind of your history with Mormonism and, and, and where we go from okay. there. When we moved back here from Dallas uh, about about five and a half years ago, uh, I was looking for a job. Frank got me a job at this pest control company. And I met, I started meeting a bunch of people, and everyone was Mormon. The owner is Mormon. Um, my boss is Mormon. We have salesmen that come in and um, knock doors to sell pest control, and like 75% of them are Mormon. And so I just all of a sudden became in this sea of, of Mormons, and they would say, hey, Mormons are Christians too. And so I was like, oh, so Mormons are Christians. So um, I decided, well, if they are claiming to be Christians, I need to jump in and let's see what they're teaching and let's you know, because if they're Christians, we want to be partnering with these guys, and we want to be doing works with these guys. So I I got a Book of Mormon, read through the Book of Mormon, and when I was reading through the actual Book of Mormon, I noticed, like, man, there's not really that much difference between 
us and Mormons. So then I began, I went on a journey to read all of their scriptures. I, um, I've read Doctrine and Covenants, uh, The Pearl of Great Price, which are their other, they have four standard works. The, they have the Bible, the um, Pearl of Great Price, Doctrine and Covenants, and the Book of Mormon. But, and it's when you start reading those other ones that you start to see the disconnect between the, the, the two religions. And so between reading all these books and interacting with the Mormons at, at uh, work, engaging in just some uh, good theological discussion with uh, my coworkers, um, mm-hmm. started to realize that, okay, Mormons, start, uh, Mormons are actually quite different uh, than Christians. They're claimed, you know, th- there's a lot of differences uh, between Mormons and Christians, uh, but some of the key things are... Um, are too big to not um, to not divide us. So basically, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 biggest thing is in Mormonism, um, you can become like God. They have a uh, a Mormon maxim that says, "As man is, God once was, and as God is, man may become." And so the whole goal of Mormonism, if you're a good Mormon, if you're a solid Mormon. Uh, through your whole life, and you've been sealed in the temple with your spouse and everything, you will eventually, you and your wife, uh, will <clears throat> will become gods of your own uh, organized creation. Uh, you'll still worship God the Father, but then you will create others. You will have spirit children who will then get bodies that will worship you as God. And so, mm-hmm. so that's the only difference is... Um, the Bible says that uh, in Isaiah 44, it says, I am the first, I am the last. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. And so that's a stark contradiction between Mormons and Christians. Um, and so that, and then there's a lot of others, the nature of God, um, who Jesus is. Jesus is a created being, not the eternal God. There are multiple gods, although Isaiah 43 sins. Um, says that there's only one single God, and there will never be another. Um, so seeing those different those differences and meeting so many Mormons that are convinced that they are Christians and, and interacting with so many Mormons, I think that it is important that the Church knows how to engage the Mormons that knock on their door, the, the, mm-hmm. um, the LDS, uh, the Latter-day Saints that are in their workplaces and or their neighbors, so that we can begin to um, evangelize them, because there's no question about it, the Mormons have a fantastic evangelism program. Uh, They're great missionaries, and so we want to be ready for that, and um, we want to equip our people so that they know how to... uh, Because Mormons will use a lot of the same words that we use. They use words like Mm -hmm. grace, atonement, God, Jesus, the Trinity, they'll use all these same terms as us. But when you start really looking into it, we're using the same terms, and unless you are intentional in the way that you word things, you could talk with a Mormon for a long time, think you're meaning the same things, and be meaning two different things. And so we wanted to get in and teach people how to honor the Lord in their apologetic with uh, Mormons. That's great, man. I think it's going to be really important for people to come check it out next Saturday. And, dude, I really appreciate you, you know, heading this up and teaching on it. And just I'm thankful for what what God has done with you and preparing you to 
kind of teach and lead out on these things. So I appreciate that. The whole the whole goal of the uh, of the event is that um, we just want people to be passionate about proclaiming the greatness of the Lord. And um, I believe it's, it's either Matthew or Luke ten. Jesus says. Uh, he's talking to his disciples, and he says, "What you have heard in the dark, proclaim or, or share in the light. What you've heard uh, in the house, proclaim from the rooftops." And he's talking about the goodness of who he is, and that's what we want this thing to do: to stir our congregation up, to begin to proclaim the gospel, so that we can see the lost come to Christ. And so that's the whole goal of this: is just to stir people up to drive them to make much of Christ and not of ourselves, to build his kingdom and not our earthly kingdoms. And so that's yeah. the whole goal. That's good, man. That's good. That's really good, man. I think that's a good way to end it. Dude, I appreciate your time, bro. Yeah, you bet. All right, man. We'll see you so. soon. All right. Later. All right, Trey. See you, man.